Good morning and welcome to our worship service for this Sunday from the United Methodist Church, Westlake Village, July 18th, 2021. We are so glad that you have joined us for worship. We are worshiping on campus in our sanctuary for those who feel comfortable being out and about. Those who are vaccinated do not have to wear a mask or keep a physical distance today. But it may be different next week. If you're reading the papers, you know that there is a uh, concern about the variant and there's a concern about the people who are not getting vaccinated due to the variant, that being uh, a spreading thing. So I would like to know that I could trust all of you to show up who are not vaccinated and wear a mask, but apparently in our society nowadays, um, that's not an accurate assumption to make. And so L.A. County is now um, requiring masks for indoor gatherings. Half of our membership is, at least half our membership is L.A. County. Um, so we're kind of in a quandary. We're not in L.A. County physically right this second, but if we walk five minutes that direction, we will be. And many of you do live there. So we want to respect what you're supposed to be doing, you Los Angelines as you gather with us. So, um, stay tuned to what you hear from the church as to what we might uh, be requiring for our gathering uh, next week so that we can be 
uh, properly careful for one another. I started wearing a mask uh, this morning because I'm back from Philadelphia, and God knows what I'm bringing uh, from the other side of the country um, into our midst now. Uh, hopefully it's nothing. Um, I'm feeling good at the moment. Uh, so we'll see. So, so please pay attention uh, to what you will learn from the church as to what might be necessary for us to be proactively caring for one another. That's what the whole thing is about, trying to care for one another and keep, keep each other alive and well. Um, so we are also asking that everybody that worships signs in um, prior to worshiping so that we know uh, who you are and that you are with us. So please attend to that. You will see that on our YouTube site, on our website, and you will get that. If you're a part of the church family already, you'll get that through eBlast to remind you to uh, uh, sign in so we know all the folk who are with us. And you can then communicate with us also as to if you have a need or a concern that we can address in the office or pastorally. VBS through our church is going to be a little different this year. It's going to be a, a one-day event on the 24th, 9 to noon. And as a uh, ramp-up to it, there's going to be a movie the night before. So you can see it on the screen now. And I'll just remind you that Rhea and the Last Dragon has some great theology in it, I am told, um, by the younger staff members of the church who watch those kind of movies with their children. So it's an excellent thing to get our bearings about what might be some understandings of God and relationship and people caring for one another. So all are invited to come. Us old timers can come and show up to that as well um, on, the, on that Friday night. The, the next day for the VBS, it's 9 to noon. Uh, you want to make sure that you've checked in with Rachel if you're coming so that she knows who to, uh, who to provide for. Is that right, Pam? Is that... Okay, very good. Do you all recognize this guy? Many years, many years ago and um, many experiences ago, he was here with you as your associate pastor. We're glad to have uh, Reverend Shaver with us to deliver the word this morning and also as a member of a larger extended family of this church family to be um, involved in a baptism today and something else today that might be going on? Maybe not. Who knows? They're being very cagey about it. I, I heard rumors of a wedding this weekend, but, eh, you know, maybe. Maybe. We'll see. We got a few more hours to think this thing through, apparently, and so... Um, we'll see. We'll see what happens, but uh, it's, it, it seems like a marvelous weekend, and we're glad that you are with us. Um, whatever kind of clergy you were when you were an associate here, um, we are so glad that you've blossomed into the kind of clergy you are now. Uh, one of the leaders of our conference in the management of the affairs of the conference, as well as in theological thinking about where the church should be going. Uh, you were blessed to have him as an associate pastor and blessed to know him as a, as a senior pastor. All right then, let us uh, center ourselves so that we can fully experience the presence of the living Lord in our midst as we enter into worship. This is the day. Him now with thanks and praise. Let us be glad and rejoice. Thank you. Amen. And good morning. It's good to be back with you um, on a Sunday morning and uh, doing a baptism. I was trying to think about the years, but we won't talk about how many years ago. So, uh, but um, it is wonderful and wonderful to see your faces, uh, some of my former youth uh, that I got to work with. Um, 
are here this morning, and uh, we won't get into anything, Brandon, about that uh, since I'm baptizing your baby, but, uh, but no, uh, just uh, youth and family that um, I love, and I do want to thank you for just uh, gracing me, and great apology for any foibles along the way that I made, so forgive me today, but we'll talk about that in the sermon series. I also want to thank uh, Pastor Walt, a good friend, uh, when he was down at La Jolla, and I'm at San Diego United Methodist Church. Uh, we uh, got to do a number of things as we were in a mission area together. I also want to thank uh, Reverend uh, Rachel. Um, and uh, today, if you see this stole, and it reminds you of uh, Pastor Rachel along the way, I was texting her this morning. We've been friends. As soon as I moved to California and was at Valencia, she was at Santa Clarita as an associate. And we became good friends. And so today I'm texting her at camp. I'm like, sorry for an early email, but... I have a lot of events this weekend. I forgot a green stole. Can I borrow one of yours? And so as uh, Pastor Rachel and Pastor Wald are so um, hospitable, they, uh, she uh, got me uh, all set up with a stole this morning. So um, again, not to embarrass um, the pastorate or the pastoral image here. But it is, it is so wonderful. Um, great to have uh, family. And um, sometimes people say, are you nervous about things? And I think when you have your family looking at you, hoping you're not going to preach too long, um, that's the part that uh, maybe worries you a bit. But today I'm going to jump in uh, to the film uh, series that you have, Faith in Film, um, and talk about A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, um, a movie, an article, books, um, The Simple Faith of Mr. Rogers I'd uh, share with you. If you watch the movie and read Tom Janot's article in Esquire, you can still Google it, um, the language there, I'm not going to say. There's some language that's a little harsh, so don't blame me or send me a mean email about that. Um, it isn't a movie for children. People have asked me that. Um, but you can go back and watch Mr. Rogers, just the show, and uh, it's still a great show that uh, lives on. So today, uh, an opening thought was Mr. Rogers, at the end of, uh, we happened to go to the same seminary, and I'll share more about that. So I got to meet him along the way. At the end of a lot of his talks that he would give, he would say, let's just take a moment. And even at the Emmys, he got Hollywood quiet, which some of you I know know is a rough place to do that. But he uh, said at the Emmys, I want you just to take 10 seconds, 10 seconds to give thanks for those that have meant something to you in your life, those who have mentored to you, those who have been with you in life. And I do think of my grandma Martha, who would sit right over here with me at times and so whether they're here or whether they're in the heavenly kingdom, would you just pause for 10 seconds as we meditate and think about the people that God has given to you that have meant something in your life and know that you all are included in that to me. So let us be in meditation and prayer. And all God's children said, Amen.
Let us pray. Holy God, be with us in this time of worship that we might open our hearts and minds to your holy word, that being nurtured and inspired by it, we would be led into truer discipleship and greater faithfulness. In your Son's name and for your purposes, we pray. Amen. children, one of the things um, I shared, and I happened to see uh, Pastor Rachel and I, we did a pulpit swap, so she was at San Diego a few weeks ago, and I was sharing with her about the shells, and so for all the children who are here today, if you came in, you saw a table of shells, hopefully the adults didn't take them all, um, but there are shells for all of you to take, um, often I invite families to come up and to take some shells out of the baptismal as well, but the Scallop uh, is, and we have these hanging from our Christmas trees in the church. You may um, have seen this before, part of a chrismon as we call them. But the scallop shell reminds us of discipleship because it spreads out into a way that says, today in a way we become baptized, but over that time we continue to grow and grow in that way as we read scripture, as we pray and just spread our faith over um, so that is the symbol of the shell that I'll be using today to baptize um, just a special family. And again, um, there are shells on the table, little uh, shells uh, for you to take as you go and remember your baptism and give thanks. So this time, um, I'm going to invite the Ledford family to come forward, the Ledford Shaver family, and um, McKenna, the leader of the family, if you'd like to come up here. And um, I want to thank you both and also, again, Pastor Wall, for just uh, this honor of being able to uh, baptize my cousin. We'll see if he lets me hold him. We practiced uh, the other day. We'll see how it goes today. But however it goes, uh, God is there. And just to let you know before I forget, Nicole said, so children of all ages, there also is, um, in a celebration day, there's a Kona ice truck um, following worship. So on Nicole and Brandon, um, go and have as much Kona as you want. So. Not limited to children. Yeah. <laughs> it's just going to be pastors and children, right, McKenna? <laughs> so uh, I just want to remind you of baptismal... Uh, what we do today and come together and in this of the two sacraments, the United Methodist Church. Brothers and sisters in Christ, through the sacrament of baptism, we are initiated into Christ's holy church. We are incorporated into God's mighty acts of salvation and given new birth through water and the spirit. All this is God's gift offered to us without price. So Brandon and Nicole and McKenna, you can answer too. Um, and I want all of you, though, um, in your own way today to reaffirm your baptisms. Go home and touch the waters and think about these questions that come to us as we think about the world around us. I ask both of you and McKenna too, since I got to baptize you a while ago. Do you renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness, reject the evil powers of this world, and repent of your sin? If so, answer, I do. Do you accept the freedom and power God gives you to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves? If so, answer, I do. Do you confess Jesus Christ as your Savior? Put your whole trust in his grace. I know you do too, buddy. And promise to serve him as your Lord in union with the church, which Christ has opened to people of all ages, nations, and races. If so, answer, I do. And will you nurture this great child who is a lot like me at that age? In Christ's holy church, that by your teaching example, he may be guided to accept God's grace for himself, to profess his faith openly, and to lead a Christian life. If so, answer, we will. We will. And again, I have a question for you. Will you continue? I know you're a wonderful big sister. So will you continue to be a wonderful big sister and take care of Hunter and all of us in the family because we know you're the leader? If so, answer, I do. He, she did. She answered, I do. We got it. 
And so for all of you, and I give you thanks for the way that you continue to minister to my family. Do you as Christ's body, the church, reaffirm both your rejection of sin and your commitment to Christ? If so, answer, we do. Will you nurture one another in Christian faith and live faith and life and include this child now before you in your care? If so, answer, we will. And thank you for having Vacation Bible School. We just did one all outside as well. And if you'd pray with me at this time. We could pray and be loud and be however. Let us pray. Eternal God, when nothing existed but chaos, you swept across the dark waters and brought forth light. In the days of Noah, you saved those on the ark through water. After the flood, you set in the clouds a rainbow. When you saw your people as held in oppression in Egypt, you led them to freedom through the sea. Their children you brought through the Jordan to the land which you promised. God, we know within this family that the three rivers that have uh, nurtured those of us and have gone through those roots, also the Pacific Ocean that have nurtured others in this family, God, we know that they come together in your great creation of just the water in our world. Pour out your Holy Spirit to bless this gift of water and those who receive it, to wash away their sin, clothe them in righteousness throughout their lives, that dying and being raised in Christ, they may share in Christ's final victory, and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. What name is given to this child? He's already telling me. He's like, you know, John, it's Hunter. Hunter Robert, right? Yeah, I don't want to forget Robert. So, Hunter Robert, I baptize you in the name of the Father <laughs> and of the Son. Sorry, buddy. And of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Yeah, we did all right. So this is for Hunter. You can keep that. All right. God, may you continue through the Holy Spirit to work within Hunter, that being born and blessed in this baptism, that he may continue to be a true disciple of Jesus Christ and all God's children said. Amen. All right, brother. So now it is our joy to welcome our new brother in Christ. Through baptism, you are incorporated into this church and by the Holy Spirit, God's new creation. So I'm going to skip over some other parts and just say, members of the household of God, I commend Hunter Robert to your love and care. Will you do all in your power to take care of him when I'm not in town or when McKenna's not watching him? Will you do all in your care to watch over him as he grows up within this church family? If so, answer, we will. And so I'm going to bring him around now. I'm going to take you for a little walk.
Let us center ourselves and go to God in prayer. Holy God, hear the stirrings of our spirits, the yearnings of our minds, and the hopes of our hearts. As we join with one another in prayer this morning, we need your touch made real in our lives to give us strength, courage, healing, and renewed life. Be with us, touch us, transform us. We begin today in prayer with confessing that there are times that we have been less than you have wished, saying words or having thoughts or doing deeds that reflect more our fallen nature than our higher one with you. And so we would pray that you would hear our silent confessions. May your grace wash us clean and strengthen our resolve to walk better in your love hereafter. We do ask your help in our lives with the many concerns of our daily comings and goings as we face the challenges, still these challenges of pandemic times and social and political stress. We pray that you would help us to embrace the noble ideals of our country and the ethical imperatives of our faith. Guide us in these days ahead to be our best selves, to help us live authentically and consequentially as disciples of your Son, our Lord and Savior, Christ Jesus. We pray for those around us who are struggling with physical or mental health issues, with, with troubled relationships, uncertain employment, or, or other forms of disease and, and discomfort in their lives. We join together and say, O oh Lord, hear our prayers. We think this morning specifically of Linda Northrup and Kathy Drake, Pat Berner, Pastor Rachel's Aunt Betsy, Steve Lassengame, Polly Tattersall's niece, Sandy DeLong, Barbara Ghosh and her friend, Kim and Christ. As they deal with their cancer, its treatments, and the ongoing life challenges they're facing due to these illnesses. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. We pray for Vinia's mother as she continues to recover from her stroke and Janet Todd's daughter, Tracy, who is recovering from her complications of back procedures. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. We pray for Jan Sorensen's daughter-in-law and family of five, all who have contracted COVID. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. For Isaac Lopez, Candy Wilcox's granddaughter's brother, a firefighter up in Northern California doing his job to try to keep us all a little bit safer. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. For Brian Suey, battling cancer on hospice. Oh Lord, hear our prayer. For Jeannie Severance's son-in-law, Alan's sister, who is starting eight months chemo radiation treatment for breast cancer. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. And for Stephen Lamberg as he recovers from his uh, surgery of last week and Liz Peake who also continues to recover from surgery, hers being a hip replacement surgery. We pray that both of them would uh, thrive in this recovery period, minimizing discomfort and gaining uh, renewed health. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. And again, as we pray each week, we pray for all of those in our community and beyond our community who have contacted COVID and are battling the disease. 
We pray for all those who are going through the vaccination process and have anxiety about that. We pray for all those medical workers who are providing care and resources to all of these communities, at times sacrificing their own well-being for the needs of their community. We ask your blessings upon them. O oh Lord, hear our prayers. And today we think of some particular moments of joy of, of Hunter's baptism today. Oh Lord, hear our prayers for the apparent upcoming wedding of Bob Shaver. Oh Lord, hear our prayers for Jordan and Jason Surratt, who we have shared the joy of being pregnant, and now we learn that they are pregnant with twin girls. Oh, mercy. Oh, Lord, hear our prayers. And we think of Fred Cunningham and his bride of many years, Yvonne Denkins Cunningham, who will be celebrating on the 20th with these flowers as well as with the joy that we share with them, their wedding anniversary. Oh, Lord, hear our prayers. And we spend a moment here in our time of corporate prayer with one another, thinking that there are concerns or joys in our hearts that we keep private to ourselves, and we want to have a moment in this time in which we can reflect on those. So, Lord, be with us as we spend a moment in private personal prayer. Come into these lives, Lord God, in a powerful way that helps these folk know your support, your nurture, your healing, your presence. We pray for our church as it continues in its ministry through these times, and we ask your help, Lord God, be with us in maintaining our effectiveness and vitality for your purposes. May the good we do be pleasing in your sight. All this we pray in your son's holy name, joining in prayer together the prayer he taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Christ alone, my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my song. This cornerstone, this solid ground, firm through the fiercest drought and storm. With heights of love, what depths of peace, whom fears are steered when striving seas. My comforter, my all in all, here in the love of Christ I'll stand. In Christ alone, who took on flesh, fullness of God in heaven. 
If there are times when you uh, wonder what this Christ business is all about, um, remember that song and uh, look at those lyrics and you will be reminded of the Christ that is above us, the Christ that is among us, and the Christ that is within us, transforming and redeeming lives through the powerful, loving grace of God for each one of us. So we hear from Matthew in the third chapter that Jesus is up to something at the River Galilee with John the Baptist. Here's what we read. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. Now John would have prevented him saying, I need to be baptized by you. And do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, let it be so now, for it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus had been baptized, just as he came up from the water, suddenly the heavens were opened to him and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. May God add his blessing to the reading of this word for us all. shared with you, I'm excited to see that there's a faith and film series, and in the midst of thinking about a special baptism today and just being with all of you, I wanted to talk about reaffirming our baptisms, which I think is always important, as Wesley would share along the way, as well as taking in the sacrament of communion. It reminded me, and I was just thinking as I was sitting there, what's the last movie that I saw before all of this COVID life came upon us? And it was A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. I took uh, some of our church family to see this uh, down at an old theater in Encinitas and had a good time. Right after that, got on a plane to Nicaragua to do some work um, and happy to talk about that along the way. But uh, then as soon as I came back from Nicaragua, things were just shutting down all over. But I thought about this and as I watched the movie again, uh, a movie that uh, was a bit of a tearjerker, not just because I saw my hometown of Pittsburgh in it and um, a friend of sorts, Fred Rogers, along the way, but just the movie in itself. As I think about this, I do need to share a confession with you. From the age of probably 10 or maybe 9 up to into the 20s, I did not think of Mr. Rogers as overly cool. Now, some of you have remained friends with me on Facebook along the way, and during those years, and I'm kind of setting myself back in age, Saturday Night Live had um, Eddie Murphy playing Mr. Rogers and some others, and Eddie Murphy does say that when he met Mr. Rogers for the first time, he was so nervous, but Fred said to him, it's okay, Eddie, I forgive you. <laughs> but... As I got through those years, you know, sitting there watching him in Pittsburgh, and as a Pittsburgher thinking he was all ours in Pittsburgh, I got to know as I moved into the 20s that, oh, no, he was all over the world, and I've learned more and more about him along the way. My one story that I'll share with you is when I first took what was not then called a gap year between North Carolina State and what I thought would be law school, I went home and worked for a law firm in Pittsburgh. The two head partners of the law firm were um, living in the same apartment complex, a very beautiful apartment near Carnegie Mellon University, as uh, Fred and Joanne Rogers. Joanne, a concert pianist um, and a wonderful pianist in her own right. Um, and they were living in the same apartment building. So at times, as the researcher for, um, I won't say their names, but as times as I would go over to see the attorneys, um, along the way and bring them the research and bring them some of the arguments from the opposing counsel. They got a bit vocal. Um, they were passionate about the law. We'll just use vocal instead of yelling. 
So I went over to take the research one day, and as I was there, um, they got a bit vocal. They weren't happy with the opposing counsel. Now, I knew they weren't yelling at me, but it still stressed me out. I'm not a yeller. And they got really vocal, so I kind of walked out a bit uh, stressed and dejected from their apartment building, and there in the hallway was Reverend Mr. Fred Rogers standing there, and he looked at me and he said, after probably hearing through their doors the vocal sounds that were coming, he said, not quite a beautiful day in the neighborhood, is it, neighbor? <laughs> now, I had no idea what to say at that point, and I just kept walking along, thinking, oh my gosh, this is strange. There is Fred Rogers, um, who I've probably made fun of along the way, now trying to comfort me. And he did say to me, though, he said, as I walked down, he goes, don't worry, it'll get better. Well, a few years down the road, it wasn't law school, but it was Pittsburgh Theological Seminary, the same seminary that Fred Rogers became a Presbyterian minister out of, that I'd see him on campus. And finally, I got up the nerve to go up to him, and I said, hey, Mr. Rogers, he said, it's Fred. If you're a student here, call me Fred. And so I said, okay, Fred. Um, so if you hear me calling him Fred, I was allowed to do that. Uh, so as I went up to him, I said, I want to tell you about this story, and I shared with him. He said, I vaguely remember that. And he said, it has gotten better, hasn't it? You're here. And I said, well, pretty much. I said, but I have Greek this year. And he said, oh, do you have Dr. Kelly? And I said, I do. And he said, tell him you know Fred, and I think that might help. I told Dr. Kelly that, and oh, it helped. Fred uh, changed so many lives. The movie that, and probably many of you saw it along the way, it came from an article in Esquire magazine where it was called Can You Say Hero by Tom Jeannot. Now, Tom Jeannot quickly was an investigative reporter who wasn't always reporting on the greatest of things at that time and bringing up dirt on other people. His wife even scolded him a bit, like, do not ruin my childhood by bringing up dirt on Mr. Rogers. Well, there was no dirt. Janot says that, just as in my case, Fred changed everything in his life. Fred changed the way that he looked at people. Fred changed the way that he was doing his reporting. Fred changed the way that he looked at God and brought him back into a spiritual connection along the way. He says along in some of his articles that he writes that there only is in his life now a before Fred and after Fred. But lest we all get ourselves all up thinking, there's this St. Fred. Some of you may have saw the clip in the movie. And there is some truth to this, that at one point, Tom Janot said to Joanne Rogers, his spouse, oh, what's it like to live with a saint? And she said, Fred is not a saint. She said, if you think of him being a saint, his way of living is unattainable. Fred just keeps working at it. He just keeps praying harder. He just keeps reading more scripture. He keeps reaching out to people a bit more. And Fred just keeps swimming a little harder. And on the swimming part, one of the things that we would hear about and some told us at the seminary, Fred Rogers would head up to the Jewish Community Center in the Squirrel Hill part of Pittsburgh to go and to swim a mile every day. But before he would go swimming, he would yell out the words that um, you might have saw in the sermon title, Jubilate Deo, Jubilate Deo, Alleluia. Rejoice in the Lord, rejoice in the Lord, Alleluia. Then he would dive into the pool and swim, and he said as he would come out of the pool, he would feel as if it was like a clean slate. Others said that, they would tell, that he would tell them that this was the way that he would reaffirm his baptism. He would take this with him to help him get through this formula. And your formula may be different. Maybe you don't get up at 5 a.m. and pray. That's okay. I don't do that either. Maybe you read, but read the scripture along the way. And whether it's running, walking, wheeling, whatever you do, or swimming... Take it with you as he did to his TV show. And that's where we meet our scripture today. The story of Jesus' baptism is a glorious one that sets the tone for 
our own baptisms and as we think of Hunter's baptism today. Jesus, the one that came for all of us, also came humbly, as you could hear in the scripture, walking to be baptized by his relative, probably a cousin a couple times removed. Now, let's not play too literally into that story today, but, but thinking about it, there he was, humbly coming to be baptized. And then we hear the glorious heavens opening up, and I'll get a bit more into that in just a moment. As I think about Jesus' baptism, Hunter's baptism, and I hope you remember and reaffirm your baptism today, touching the water, Jesus did this to liberate us from all that the world may put before us. We're given a gift through baptism that reminds us that we are loved unconditionally by our great God. We receive a new identity, a new life through relationship with Christ who is present at our baptism as we shared those words. I baptize you in the name of the Father who is with us, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit. Today, take some time to touch the water and meditate and know, no matter how you're feeling, that you are loved, that God loves you no matter where you've been unconditionally. What we might miss in this, though, is that baptism also reminds us that we're entering into a risky holy vocation, if you will. Regardless of when it happened in your life, think back to the vows I shared with you today. Risky in the ways when we share and when we'll remind Hunter that we shared for him to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms they may present themselves. We look around our world, that can be risky. When we go down into that water just as Jesus did that day, know that we come up out of that water following the mission and the message of the one who came for you and for me. Mr. Rogers would help us to understand this. I'm going to give you some little, as Tom Janot would do, some little Mr. Rogers wisdom in the midst of this. Because sometimes these scriptures can be hard to understand. And even with the Greek, Mr. Rogers would help me. He says, I hope you're proud of yourself for the times you've said yes when all it meant was extra work for you and was seemingly helpful only to somebody else. Take some time today after touching the water and pray about where God is calling you to say yes at this time. Who God is calling you to say yes to, maybe even if it's a bit risky. If we had lurked a bit further into the Gospel of Matthew, we'd see that Jesus emerging from the water right into the next passage of chapter 4, 1 through 11. Jesus now is walking into the desert, into what we call the temptation of Christ. Jesus is walking into that, if you will, and I see it so that he can say to all of us, I understand the temptations you will face. Fully human, fully divine, Jesus is saying to us, I walk this earth to let you know, I know what you're going through. And I am with you as you walk through those temptations. So as you touch the water, being reminded that you are loved today, as you touch the water, asking God to help you find where you need to say yes, as you touch the water today, also, and through this week and through your lives, let go of something that's holding you back from connecting with God. Let go and know that you're not alone. God is walking with you as Jesus did. As baptized followers, we will face those similar temptations of always trying to be comfortable, powerful, satisfied in every aspect. And nothing wrong with being comfortable but sometimes those things take us away from the message that Jesus gives to us to reach out to others, to reach out in stewardship, sacrifice, and living a life of grace. But baptism, as we watch today, it marks us as living a different kind of life that the world would tell us we need to live, a different kind of life that the world would tell us we need to live. Jesus teaches us to live simply, gracefully, peacefully, and generously, in a culture of excess, 
a culture where some are critical of everyone and everything at each turn, a culture that at times exalts violence, a culture that would tell us to be selfish, and a culture that would tell us to grab as much as we can get before somebody else gets there. Fred would share these words. Let go of that. If you could only sense how important you are to the lives of those you meet, how important you can be to the people you may never dream of, there is something of yourself that you leave at every meeting with another person. Think about that. If we lived in that way, how different our lives could be. Also today, let us share as we think of Hunter's baptism, your baptisms, and the one of our Savior, Jubilante Deo, rejoice in the Lord. For the words we heard at Jesus' baptism, this is my son, this is my beloved, the one who I am well pleased, those are words for you too. Think about the scriptures with me. From the beginning, we hear that we are created in God's image. As we move on, Jesus tells us that we are now his sisters and his brothers. And if you read into the epistles, you will then see the letters from Paul and others that we are called the children of God. So that means that this verse is for us as well. So if you read that verse over again today, Hear those words, you are my child, and insert your name in there. Know that God's saying, I love you, and with you I am well pleased. But know that those words are for those we meet along the highways and byways of life. As you touch the waters, know that you are not alone, and you are loved. Again, what does all this mean? Mr. Rogers would say it in this way. When I say it to you, I like, I'm not talking about a part of you that knows that life is far more than anything you can ever see or hear or touch. That deep part of you that allows you to stand for those things without which humankind cannot survive. Love that conquers hate, peace that rises triumphant over war, and justice that proves more powerful than greed. That's the part of you that I love. For Jesus proclaimed that the kingdom is for all people. God's justice for the poor as we watch Jesus walking, the infirm, the neighbor, the stranger, the lost, and for each and every one of us who have made some foibles along the way. His ministry, as we think about it, took him to the back alleys, places that others told him not to go, the risky places in his own time, the hostile territories, even thinking about being baptized by John the Baptist, what some would call this crazy man coming and baptizing, I could see he even risked his own reputation to bring the good news of God's kingdom to those who needed it most and to all of us who need it daily. As you go forth today, remember when we're baptized, when you touch God's gift of water, it is a commissioning to a risky vocation. But when we live it out, oh, it can be world-changing. I think of some of the mission trips here and the way that I got to work with your youth and the mission trips along the way and how we can be the true grassroots of hope leaders in this world around us. And at the end of Matthew, Jesus gives us a great commission from Matthew 28, 19 through 20. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them, teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And the big command, love God and love your neighbors. And hear this, Jesus says, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. We don't have to do it alone. Fred's ministry started because he saw people throwing pies at each other on TV, and he said, that's no way for people to act. We don't need to keep throwing pies at each other, and we can think of the world today in that way. Now, Fred didn't conquer all of TV, but he kept working in his grassroots way. And he would say it wasn't easy, but he kept praying more, as Joanne would say. 
always before each show. He read scriptures more to remind himself how to live with grace. And he knew himself that he wasn't a saint, but he kept working and working harder. Oh, I have so much more I could share with you about Mr. Rogers, but I'll let you watch the movie or read the article. Just don't say anything about the bad words in them. But remember, as you touch the waters today, as you go forth, remember, first of all, that you are loved by our great God and loved in unconditional ways. As you go forth, as you touch the water, remember and ask God where it is that you are being called to say yes, even if it's risky. As you touch the water, also remember to let go of something that's holding you back, holding you back from a connection with God. Maybe it's forgiveness. Maybe it's apologizing something. Maybe at times it's not posting something on Facebook that we don't need to post. But let go of something. And know, even though this may be hard and risky, that we are never alone. God is always with us. Christ is there. Would you come with me into prayer? And a prayer that Fred Rogers gave to the graduating class of Boston University in 1992. Dear God, please inspire our hearts to come ever closer to you. We pray for those people who know us and accept us as we are. Those people who encourage us to see what's really fine in life. We pray for all the people of your world, our sisters and brothers whose names we may not know but whose lives are ultimately precious in your sight. With all our hearts, we pray for all your children everywhere. Yes, everywhere. And finally, we offer our strengths and our weaknesses, our joys and our sorrows to your never-ending care. Help us to remember all through our lives that we never need to do difficult things alone, that your presence is simply for the asking, and our ultimate future is assured by your unselfish love. In our deepest gratitude, we offer this prayer. And all God's children said, amen. May it be so. Amen. Invited to share of your resources via the instructions that will appear on the screen momentarily to help support the ministries of Christ in our midst that happen through our congregation beyond our doors and around the world. Your generosity is needed to keep us going, to keep us doing the good that we do. So give generously and be a part of what happens in people's lives through the people called Methodist in Westlake Village.
thank uh, Jenny for playing and for Gloria for the wonderful music, my dear friend, um, when we were together. Um, my friends, um, as Pastor Walt just came over and shared, I, you know, we live in some kind of crazy times right now. I often invite after baptisms people to come up and touch the water. Make sure you take a shell on your way out, reminding you of your baptism. But uh, Pastor Walt said, come up and touch the water if you'd like uh, to remind yourself of how loved and to reaffirm your baptism. Then sanitize your hands as you go out, uh, as we've all learned to do. Um, but my friends, may you go forth. And thank you. Uh, thanks again, Pastor Walt and to Pastor Rachel um, and to Nicole, Brandon, Hunter, and McKenna for uh, just inviting me to be with you. It's been a great joy, and um, it's so wonderful to see so many of the faces um, that um, have helped to nurture me along the way. So may you go forth now in the name of our great God, the one who loves you, loved you first, and loves you unconditionally. Never forget that. As you touch the water, go forth remembering the baptism of Jesus, where Jesus calls us and reminds us that we live in grace and also again. Go forth with your name and know that you are a beloved child of God. And with the Holy Spirit, as you move from this place today, that as you go into that risky business, if you will, another film we won't talk about, um, but as you go forth into the risky business of Christian living, may you know that the Holy Spirit, God, Jesus Christ, are with you as you go. Go in peace and know that our love is sent your way this day and the love of God is with you as we go. Amen. Thank you.